You're listening to ReachMD, and this is GI Insights, produced in partnership with the American Gastroenterological Association. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Menon, and with me today is Dr. Ashwin Anantakrishnan, who specializes in gastroenterology in the Department of Medicine and the Digestive Healthcare Center at Mass General Hospital. Welcome, Ashwin. Thank you. Great to have you today, and uh, we'd like to discuss the subject of zinc and the risk of IBD, but first we'd like to hear about the paper uh, that you and your group delivered on Saturday. Thank you. I'm excited to talk about our work. So one sort of broad area that we've been, in, we've been interested in a while and that's of great interest to patients and providers is the role of environmental factors in the pathogenesis of Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. We know these are very complex immunologically mediated diseases that really have been increasing in incidence much over the last half of the past century and into the early parts of this century. And I think one area that we're struggling to understand is why has there been a rise? Because it's clearly not because of changing genetics of the population. So it's something we're doing, something in our behavior, something in what we're exposed to that's contributing to these trends. So specifically in the context of this paper, we studied about 170,000 women who are part of the Nurses' Health Study cohorts organized by the Harvard School of Public Health, who have very, in a very dedicated and committed fashion, completed questionnaires ascertaining their dietary intake, various lifestyle exposures, various medical problems, every two years since 1976. So we have a tremendous amount of follow-up in this very committed group of women. So what we showed in the context of our study is that women who had a high intake of zinc were significantly less likely to develop Crohn's disease over the follow-up period. This difference was not seen for ulcerative colitis and was more prominent for dietary zinc. And you can, if you look at the daily recommended intake of zinc of 8 milligrams per day, which is what's recommended for women, women who had intake more than 16 milligrams per day, which was twice the recommended intake, had a hazard ratio, which means the risk of developing Crohn's disease of only about 0.5, which means they were only half as likely to develop Crohn's disease over follow-up compared to women who had less than the recommended daily intake of 8 milligrams per day. So a very impressive reduction in risk. And this related to food intake and not supplements? So our main analysis looked at zinc intake both from diet and from supplements. So the total intake was significant, significantly inversely associated with Crohn's disease. When we tried to separate out zinc from diet and zinc from supplements, the effect was stronger for zinc from diet, but you also recognize that supplemental intake tended to be less and a much narrower distribution than for dietary intake. So it's possible that we did not have what we call a statistical power to examine the effect of supplements. And as I understand it, uh, zinc from especially animal sources is much better absorbed than certainly zinc from grains that have phytates in them that prevent absorption and even from supplements. Right. Absolutely. And I think as we study sort of the role of nutrients, it's important to recognize that these nutrients don't act in isolation and every food contains a number of different nutrients, some of which may interfere with the absorption or potentiate the effect of the nutrient under study. So in our study, for the very reason that you mentioned, we additionally adjusted for intake of things like vitamin C and phytates that we know interfere with absorption of zinc. And we saw that our effect was significant even after adjusting for those variables. Interesting. Now, we know with active 
uh, immune-mediated bowel disease, there can be micronutrient deficiencies, including zinc. So would these people be made worse uh, as their disease progressed in terms of zinc and other deficiencies? Right. So th that's a question that comes up frequently when we're trying to understand dietary risk factors uh, for the development of Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, because we know that people have symptoms for often as much as two years before they're actually diagnosed. So is it something that they're cutting out of their diet as they're starting to have symptoms that we're then capturing? But in our study, we very rigorously looked at long-term intake of zinc through the entire adult life, often many, many years before their diagnosis. So in some cases, the dietary zinc intake that we measured was as much as 20 years before their diagnosis. So we know that bowel symptoms from Crohn's or ulcerative colitis don't last that long. So we're very certain that we're capturing intake that reflects their adult intake and they're not purely a modification of sort of the diet after they started developing symptoms or we're not seeing the effects of deficiency because they have Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, but this clearly precedes their development of the disease. Excellent. Okay, so now, uh, what is the practicing? What can the practicing gastroenterologist take away from this? What What's the next step? I think this sort of scientific field has really taken off a lot over the past ten years. I think we always recognized that diet and uh, various environmental factors were important in the pathogenesis of these conditions, and that nutritional deficiencies were common. But I think what we haven't recognized or are recognizing in more detail now is how these nutritional factors can affect the immune system, how they can affect the microbiome, which is the composition of the bacteria in your intestine. And there are a number of different ways in which these factors can come together and influence the likelihood of developing these complex conditions like Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So I think there are a number of large studies going on around the world that are helping to highlight some of these factors. And the next step is we're trying to understand how modifying these factors can make somebody's Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis better. So I think these sort of studies that look into what happens before their disease, they are very informative in helping us understand what can we try to change because there are so many different nutritional parameters, I think, in parallel to trying to understand how changing them may make Crohn's or ulcerative colitis better. We're also trying to understand how these factors influence your immune responses, how they influence the bacterial composition, and what information that gives in helping us sort of targeting our therapies better. Indeed, biological systems are just never easy. <laughs> Absolutely. These are very, very complex systems that we're still struggling to understand. But I think it's very exciting that we're having more and more tools at our disposal that really help us delve deep into these uh, factors. And, and teasing out zinc in what seems to be a major factor, 50% uh, reduction in the hazard ratio, and the p-value is p0001 or something like that, I imagine, uh, enough to, to make you really look at this. Right, absolutely. I think these are very, very interesting clues that we're then trying to apply into practice, into you know assessing for these deficiencies and assessing how disease changes as we replete some of, some of these deficiencies. I think it's too early to sort of uniformly recommend people change their diet, increase their zinc, or modify their factors in response to some of the other studies that many of the other groups have shown. But I think they really do support the growing body of literature on sort of the effect of diet on intestinal inflammation. And, and just to understand from a perfectly natural point of view, can you outline some of the best zinc sources from food? So in our study, they 
happen to administer a supplemental questionnaire that ascertains different sources of zinc. Some of the sort of highest zinc content foods were things like red meat, hamburgers, skim milk. Those, those were all factors that contributed the most to someone's total zinc intake. And when we looked at the effect of the individual dietary factors, we saw that it was not other factors in these foods, but it seemed like it was the zinc rather than something else that happened to be in the food. That Meaning seemed to the be fellow traveler. Very right. interesting. Ash, this was terrific. A fascinating subject and fascinating findings. Uh, I'm Dr. Barry Menon, and you've been listening to GI Insights, produced in partnership with the AGA on ReachMD. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com slash AGA featuring podcasts of this and other series. Thank you for listening. And Ash, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Very excited.